Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro. It is an honor and privilege to share this time with you. We love studying the scriptures and feel they are central to our preaching, teaching, and living of the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Our mission here is to grow disciples of Jesus Christ who know him, love him, and serve him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. It is our prayer that God would use our preaching and teaching to do exactly that. If you have questions, thoughts, ideas, or just want to talk a little bit more about what you've heard today, we love to hear from you. Most of all, know that you are in our prayers as we listen together. Now, let's dive in. Let's pray together. Oh, Lord, it's Easter. Our hearts are so full of joy and gladness. We are thankful to be in your house, in your presence, thankful to feel your Holy Spirit moving in our midst, in our bones, in this room, in our hearts. We come now to your word. We want to hear the story again, the one where you live. Would you open it to us in a fresh and powerful way? Speak now, O God. Speak now in this place. We want to hear from you. That's why we're here. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's hear the story, Matthew 20. I guess we better stand up to hear this one. Let's stand up to hear this story. It it just means everything. Let's hear the Word of God. After the Sabbath... As the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead. And indeed, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them and said, Greetings in the Greek. It's happy to see you, happy to see you. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. The word of God for the people of God. And so we say, Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, the two Marys, they're just going to pay their respects like you ought to do. They went to the cemetery. We know how that is. They were not expecting an earthquake, not expecting an angel descending from heaven, stone rolling away, two catatonic guards there by the side. They weren't expecting any of that. The angel starts out, do not be afraid. That's a good starting place, Mr. Angel, to start out with, do not be afraid. I'll bet they were very afraid. 
He goes on to explain, Jesus said this would happen. He's been raised. Come and look where he was. Come and see where he was. He's not there now, but that's where he was. Come and see. Go and tell the others. They, they leave with fear and great joy. And they bump right into Jesus. <laughs> he says, happy to see you. They grab his feet and worship him. He says again, again, do not be afraid. What did he say? Do not be afraid. Apparently, the very idea of life in the midst of death brings joy and great fear. Why would we ever be afraid of life? We're going to have a little fun with Mr. Rogers the next few weeks. Some of y'all know who Mr. Rogers was. He was a very dangerous character, uh, sneaking the hope of Jesus into millions of little hearts for 33 years. Fred Rogers was incredible. I grew up with Fred Rogers. Did anybody else grow up with Fred Rogers? Uh, some of y'all know about Daniel Tiger. Raise a hand if you know about Daniel Tiger. Okay, let me tell this Daniel Tiger, this, Fred Rogers is Daniel Tiger's granddaddy, Okay. That's the best way for you to, to get this in your mind. Uh, this clip that you'll see shortly is from 1991. A, uh, a scary big thing, a scary big thing is rolling into the neighborhood of make-believe. Nobody knows what it is. They have never seen it before, and they are afraid. King Friday sends uh, Mr. Handyman around to settle folks down with a song. You'll get to see King Friday's direction, and you'll get to see what happens at, King, at uh, Handyman's first stop. See how well you think this strategy works. Let's, let's watch that clip. Your assignment is to go around to all the neighbors and tell them not to be afraid. Tell them not to be afraid? That's correct. It could help greatly if everyone could stay away from fear. But, but, but King Friday, you can't just tell people not to be afraid. Then you could sing it to them. Sing it? But what is it we're not to be afraid of? You're not to be afraid of anything. Not anything? No, not anything. Now you may sing about that. We're not to be afraid of anything, right. of anything at all. Anything at all. We're not to be afraid. We're not to be afraid. The king says, fear nothing at all. Very good. That should do it. Oh, oh but, but, but what if people should ask why Mayor Maggie is coming to have an emergency meeting with you? Simply tell them it's nothing to be afraid of. The king says, fear nothing at all. Exactly. That king Friday wants me to sing a song for everybody. Yeah, song. Meow, meow. Wonderful. Yeah, what's so confusing about that? <laughs> well, wait till you hear it. I'll be glad, meow, meow it. Okay, here goes. We're not to be afraid of anything, of anything at all. We're 
not to be afraid. We're not to be afraid. The king says, fear nothing at all. Yeah, it's a nice song, yeah. Yeah, it's a nice song, but I'm wondering why you would sing it right at this moment. Meow. Meow, meow, something meow be afraid of? Well, the king just says, fear nothing at all. That sure sounds funny to me. Meow, too. I wonder if something bad is going on. The king isn't telling us. Meow. Well, I sang the song. That's all I'm supposed to do. But if you hear of something we're supposed to be afraid of, you'll let us know, won't you? Oh, sure. Yeah. Come on over, Henriette, and we'll talk about this. Yeah, okay. See you later. If there's anything we need to be afraid of, you'll let us know, right? <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> I wonder if Mary said that to Jesus right after he said, do not be afraid. <laughs> I wonder if that's not written in Matthew 28. When we went to the uh, Holy Land recently, uh, we visited two possible sites for the empty tomb of Jesus. One, the garden tomb. The other, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, which is built around another possible tomb site and the place of the skull, Golgotha, where the cross was. It is absolutely beautiful. It is, since the fourth century, it's been covered with marble and mystery. There is incense burning, candles burning, monks chanting, Christian pilgrims from all over the world cramming themselves four at a time into the empty tomb of Jesus, touching the place where his body lay. Just outside that room is another massive room with the stone where they prepared the body of Jesus. And then up high, the hole into which they put the cross, you can touch all of it. You can touch every bit of that. You can just go in there and touch all of it and be in that place. The garden tomb was very different. It was beautiful. It allowed for space and reflection and prayer. We had a whole worship service with communion with our group of 45. It was just incredible. They even had a gift shop at the garden tomb. The Holy Sepulcher, though, was so intense. So many people from everywhere, our guide herded us like cattle through that place. I, I heard Pentecost in real time, people speaking every language under the sun. Uh, Judge Mark Rogers and I got in trouble for laughing just outside the holiest place in all of Christendom. Some fella came over, some fella who's from Israel came over with his phone. He was all excited. He wanted to talk to Mark, and he said to Mark, you look just like Itzhak Rabin, the former prime minister of Israel. And he had a picture of him, and they did look just alike. <laughs> Mark got all kind of flustered, and he said, well, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm from Reedyville. I went to the Kittrell School. We didn't have any Rabins there. <laughs> And then I just let out a, y'all know what a guffaw is? Just a, a burst of laughter that is totally inappropriate, almost. All. I couldn't control it. It just came blasting out. And somebody came over and shushed us about laughing at the holiest place in all of Christendom. <laughs> Shannon and I had our mamas with us on that trip. Uh, my, my mama got a little rattled in that place with all those people in the holy sepulcher. Uh, her hearing aid batteries were starting to fail, and so she was only getting about half of what was happening, and it was really just crowded. She was, she was really just getting scared. She seemed in desperate fear of being captured by a nefarious Orthodox monk with ill intent, I guess, is what she thought was going to happen. She excused her way from the back of our line all the way up to where I was, and she hooked her finger in my belt loop just like this, and stayed there 
for three hours, okay? Three hours. I had a flashback to 1986 Opryland when I kept trying to jump in the lazy river. That's what, that's what that felt like. She whispered in my ear, shouldn't you get Shannon and her mama up here so they'll be safe too? I said, well, mama, Shannon was right behind me, but you knocked her down getting into my pocket. <laughs> she said, I'm just so afraid. I'm just so afraid. And I, I thought, well, I'm kind of afraid myself. Afraid. That's a real problem with humanity, isn't it? It makes us do all sorts of crazy things. Afraid first comes with us as we think about death, but then we realize the one thing that we all understand is death. We've seen death. We know how death works. We have a fascination with death. It is both our greatest fear and our most powerful weapon. We are comfortable with death. It is a known quantity. We know how to use death. This new life in Jesus, why, we don't know what to do with that. The uncertainty of this new life in Jesus makes us more afraid than death. Death is the one thing we're certain about. Jesus is supposed to be dead. We saw him die. If Jesus is alive, then death is no longer certain. And if death is no longer certain, then our whole system built around fear and control and certainty of death, why, it just crumbles in a heap. Jesus does a scary big thing. We've never seen it before, and we don't know what it is. Jesus says in the midst of that, do not be afraid. If Jesus is raised from the dead, then all that he said and did takes on a profound truthfulness. We discover Jesus really is God in human flesh, come to save us from the way of death to the way of life. We feel great joy at this good news, but there is fear. Why is there fear? Dear friends, there is fear because we have been trapped in the way of death for so long that anything else seems terrifying. We know the way of death. We know how it works, but what is this way of life? Jesus, Jesus taught it to us so plainly. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Ah, Therein lies the trouble. Jesus is calling for the exact opposite of what we've spent a thousand lifetimes doing, being terrified of God and protecting ourselves from the dreaded neighbor. In the way of death, these two maneuvers are crucial. If we mess up in the way of death, God will get us in the way of death even our best neighbor will turn on us if things get bad enough. Self-preservation is the engine that drives the way of death. We are comfortable with how this works. As a human race, we have figured out how to make it all the way from birth to death with a reasonable happiness and a moderate suffering as long as you stay just above the poverty line. <laughs> the rules are simple in the way of death. Be afraid of God and keep your fist closed tightly around your heart. Let somebody get in there and take the only real thing you've got. Jesus taught and lived the opposite of that. It earned him a terrible, painful death. That should have been the end of Jesus and his way of life. 
but he lives. He lives. Could it be, could it be that Jesus opened the way of life before us 2,000 years ago, and 2,000 years later, we are still afraid of it? Could it be that? Yes. Yes, it could, because everything we understand about the way the world works has been turned on its head by Jesus. Jesus says over and again, love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. What is this madness, Jesus? What are you talking about? I know how to deal in death. I know how to scare you folks into doing what I want you to do. I know how to do that. I know how to keep every letter of God's law so that when I die, the scales tip in my favor. If Jesus had stayed in the tomb, I'd have been set. I'd have been the best Pharisee you ever saw. Only he didn't stay in there. He didn't stay in there. He came out, happy to see you, he said. Do not be afraid. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbor as you love yourself No more death. Life has arrived. A gift to all who will receive it. Do not be afraid to try it out. Though, be advised, it will require a complete reordering of everything you thought you knew. God is love, not hate and fear. Neighbors are all, not just some, True life is a gift from God, not something anybody can earn. Neighbors and self are to be treated with grace, love, and forgiveness, not judgment and shame. Finally, wherever death lingers, God will bring life. Wherever there is a clenched fist, God will open it. I think the two Marys knew from the moment the stone rolled away, that Jesus had turned the world on its head. Their fears gave way to joy, and ours will too. Just remember, and this is not a threat, this is an invitation from the earliest days of Jesus' ministry, Matthew chapter 7. Remember this, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and the road is easy that leads to death. There are many who take it, for the gate is narrow, And the road is hard that leads to life, and there are few who find it. To be clear, the way of life is not hidden from anybody. (laughs) The resurrection of Jesus is a bright, flashing sign pointing the way. You can't miss it. (laughs) The way of life is not hidden. It is just hard. It's narrow path defined by love of God with our whole self and love of our neighbor as we love ourselves, we all must decide if we will leave behind the familiar, comfortable, broad way of death so that we can, with fear and joy, choose the way of life with the living Jesus. You can't have both any longer. The tomb is empty. You must choose one. We're not to be afraid of anything, anything at all. We're not to be afraid, we're not to be afraid. The king says, fear nothing at all.
How do we do that? Come back next week. We're going to talk some more about it until we get it right. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, may the people of God say, Amen.